Hello and welcome to the No Longer Be Children podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Lair, and we are in pursuit of a mature and stable Christian worldview. And it has now been um, <clears throat> about five weeks since I arrived at my target weight, and um, I have, I meant to do a longer podcast on kind of the continuing journey, but I think what I'm going to end up doing is just doing little podcasts here and there about thoughts on weight loss journey. Um, it's really relevant to me, and I th- I'm, according to the statistics, it seems like it's a big deal to just about everybody, uh, and we talked in the first podcast about um, some of the huge cultural factors, processed food, industrialization, a sedentary lifestyle, some of the things that lead to that, and then pretty much that, that we have an obese society, and that um, obesity is more of a health risk than starvation uh, worldwide. So it's not just a North American problem. And so I hope that these are relevant to you. If you don't, um, some people get annoyed when you talk too much about weight loss, but I'm just assuming that uh, if you don't want to talk about weight loss, you're not going to click on this link. So, And it's something that's very, very exciting to me. And uh, yeah, I think we'll just do shorter podcasts because right now I think I've got about 15 minutes before the whole world wakes up and uh, I have no more silence. And I think that'll be just about right for what I want to talk about. So what I want to talk about is anger. And I've got a few, I've mentioned this in a few podcasts already. Um, I mentioned in the first podcast that, you know, you got to get angry about it. You got to, that's not about yelling and throwing things that's about getting down deep into your emotions and saying i care about this i care about this enough that um i'm gonna get passionate about it i'm gonna make a difference and in a later podcast i talked about um your shadow self and this is a union this is a term from union psychology but i think it's relevant from scriptures and i kind of contrasted the idea of sin in the flesh with the shadow self and said look we don't only have a nice side and an evil side. We have sin and we have godliness and we have niceness, like nice emotions, and we have scary emotions, dark emotions. But those don't always correspond to sin and righteousness. You know, you can have somebody like the Apostle Paul that gets angry and yells about doctrine and he safeguards, you know, something like the the doctrine of grace for for all of church history. You can have somebody like Jesus that gets mad about oppressive, um, the poor being oppressed and cast people out of the temple. Um, there's a time and a place for negative emotions, uh, what, what we might call darker emotions or negative emotions, things like anger, things like um, like sexual desire. Of course, in a marriage, that's, that's what you need. You, you need sexual desire. Um, so those are the two main ones is, is anger and sexual desire that, that, um, counselors would, psychologists would identify, but, you know, within those, within, within anger, there's a lot of different, different shades of that. There's, you know, violence and, and, uh, and resentment and, um, discontent with your life. Uh, there, there's a lot of negative emotions and, Christians have tended to kind of bracket those things off and say, well, I, I shouldn't be feeling these things. I should feel bad if I ever feel resentful or angry. And what I've appreciated uh, Jordan Peterson saying is, consult your resentment. If you're, if you're resentful 
about something, ask yourself why. Because that means that there's a version of you that you want to have, but you can't have for some reason. So if you, if you feel even jealousy, you know, if, if, if this podcast makes you frustrated because you realize that you're jealous, well, why is that? Don't just retreat from your, your negative emotions, but consult them and ask them, what's going on with you? Why are you feeling these negative emotions? And then what, what can you learn about your inner world from that? And then here's the key. How can you make a difference so that you can be living the version of yourself that you want to live? All that to say, I got mad one day um, and I thought it was really relevant. I was, uh, had some company over and uh, we, we had been talking about my weight loss and because this was towards the end of it and it was evident to everybody that like either had cancer or I was having a very successful diet. I've had a, I've had one, at least one person ask me like, are you okay? <laughs> like, did you get cancer or something? Because yeah, maybe I shouldn't joke about that, but I mean, um, if you lose 50 pounds in six months, it might not be a good thing. Um, but so we were talking about this and, and then there was dessert and I had this whole process in my mind thinking through, I have friends over, I have company over, um, I've, we've talked about my diet, but I don't want to be standoffish. I want to respect my friends and I know there's dessert, um, it has if I take this size of a piece, it's going to have this many calories in it. I just had a high protein supper. That's going to counteract the sugar. I'm not going to have a sugar spike. I'm going to take this amount of, of dessert, you know, partially because it's going to taste good, but also primarily at that point, because I wasn't thinking about what would taste good. I know I, I just cared about losing weight at that point. So it was a bit of a sacrifice, but I was going to make it for basically for my friends and, and the people that I had over. So we were all having dessert, and then I reached over to have some. And one of my friends said, oh, no, no, this kind of joke thing where he, he kind of slapped my hand away. And he said, no, 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 don't, don't break your diet. Don't cheat, don't cheat. And, uh, you know, it should have been, like, like it, was, it was totally appropriate what he said and how he said it. He didn't break any social or cultural mores. But I got mad in, my, in myself, which is a little bit unusual. I don't usually get mad. Uh, it's not, I don't really have an anger problem, I don't think. Um, I didn't really say anything. What, what I said to him, but he was, I said something really quickly at the same time that he was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. And I said, don't tell me what to, what to eat. And I said that with a lot more passion than, you know, sometimes you, you're, there's more in you than you realize and you say something and it comes out and you're like, wow. Like I was, I was very angry when I said that. Well, time's up. I'll continue this later. All right, uh, now is later. <clears throat> Kids came down. We had breakfast. We went to church. Came back. Now everybody's asleep, having naps. So, uh, see how far I can get in this. So, I think what I was talking about is anger and. Uh, kind of embracing your shadow self or, or just being shifting I think shifting your anger shifting your passion because everybody gets passionate about something hopefully I mean unless you're completely apathetic 
which isn't healthy. Um, but shifting over to caring about what matters, caring about your health, caring about your future, and really making that a priority. Um, and so those are good things. But I think what I was talking about is this time that um, somebody told me not to eat dessert, and I got I got mad at them. Now, I didn't yell at them. I didn't let them know that I was angry, but I just was surprised at my anger. Spent some time reflecting on that. And and that's what I want to talk about. Um, the main thing, the main reason that I found this really relevant, this little like five milliseconds of anger that I then spent a long, long time psychoanalyzing is because for most of my life, I haven't been in a really healthy place as far as food is concerned. And lately I have been. And so I want to keep track. This is actually kind of part of why I'm podcasting is because um, I want to keep track of this healthy thinking that is going on right now so that if I do slide in the future, and I'm not allowed to as far as I'm concerned, but if I do, I can go back and kind of remember and get back into this. So that's, and I hope it's helpful to other people. So I think there's two things that were really, really important that in that situation I felt threatened. And, well, I mean, maybe three. I mean, the main thing that I felt threatened was I could lose control of my my weight loss. And that would just be traumatic. That would be a catastrophe for me as far as I'm concerned. Um, I can't regain the weight. I need to stay where I am. I need to be consistent. It is very, very important to me on so many levels. So that's the thing I felt like was in danger. How would that be in danger? So how would this be threatened? I think two things that were really important as I'm trying to figure out what was going on in my heart and my mind is it's important to be in control. Take control. That's number one. Number two is speak the truth. So to be in control, and I was in control. I thought through the food that I had eaten. I thought through my desires. I thought through what my body needed. And I decided I was going to have that dessert. I was in control. And I felt like that was, you know, being threatened. And and, and I mean, I'm not trying to say that this is a great thing. Like, I don't have bitterness about this. I was just psychoanalyzing my own thoughts because I felt like it was healthy for me to to react to this. So be in control. That's one thing. And I'm going to talk more about that in a second. And speak the truth. I told myself, you're going to eat that. And then I said out loud, I'm going to eat that. And then somebody told me, no, don't eat that. So just basically, I said, no, I said I was going to eat that. And when you're in control, you're able to speak the truth and say, this is what I'm going to eat. This is what I'm not going to eat. And your word is truth. And your word leads to actions. These two are very linked. You know, if your words are true, then you're in control. You're in control of of reality, of your reality, of your truth. So what are some unhealthy ways that people don't speak the truth and they're not in control? Well, one really common thing, and I've done this many, many times, is um, people blast on Facebook or they tell their spouse or they tell their friends, hey, I'm going on a diet 
you know, I'm following this latest fad diet. It's called this. I can't eat this. I'm going to do this. And they really make a big deal out of it. And they do it real hard for a day or two or a couple of weeks or whatever, and then they give up. And there's a few things there that are problematic. For one thing, they're speaking something that they're not following through. They're... There's a verse in the Bible that I often think of. Um, there's a general that marched out to meet another general. And the first general had quite a large army and then sent out, you know, to the to the king, you guys need to surrender and everything. And the king thought about it and said, you know what, we have a smaller army, but God, God is on our side. We're going to march back and fight. And uh, the king said, you'll never win. Our army's so much bigger. All this big, tough guy talk. And the, the second king said, let not him who puts on his armor boast like him who takes it off. And I thought that was a nice, clever way of putting it. Let not him who puts on his armor boast like him who puts it off. And sometimes we do that with our diets. You know, we, at the beginning of the diet, we're boasting, we're talking about it, we're making a big deal out of it. And, you know, part of that is to have people say, oh, good job. I'm so glad that you're taking care of your health. I'm so glad that you're making this commitment and, and good job and and all those, you know, pats on the back that, you know, that's part of it, realistically, honestly. We want to have that. And But don't do that at the front end because you're going to build yourself up to a place where people aren't going to respect your words. You're going to say something on Facebook and people are going to be thinking, oh, she's going on another diet. Oh, he's taking a break from Facebook again. Well, he'll be back, Right. And if, if other people can't trust our words, certainly we can't trust our own words. Our word is not truth anymore. And when, when you tell yourself, no, I'm not going to have that chip, your body is thinking, yes, you are. You're, you're weak. You're, you say one thing, but you don't follow through. Say things and follow through. Say things and follow through. Speak truth. And that means that you're in control of your own world. And a lot of that means you speak reasonable, realistic things. And I'd encourage you, if, if my journey has, has inspired you or whatever, I did not start it with saying I'm going to live on a thousand calories a day. I spent probably, well, I, I've been on a, on a very long journey. It's hard to identify exactly, but my wife cooks very healthy. We eat relatively healthy. I've tracked my weight for several years. I've tracked calories for several years. And then at a certain point, I said that enough is enough and I'm going to live, you know, on less calories. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. And it's, you know, one small promise at a time that makes the long difference. If you just say today, I'm going to, you know, make a radical life change. If you don't have the things in place, you might end up speaking untruth to yourself. So I'd encourage you, you know, break it down. What is the next step for you? Do you need to go and buy a weigh scale? Do you need to go download the MyFitnessPal app? Do you need to download, you know, a different app or, or find a buddy or whatever? What is the small incremental step you need to take? Say to yourself, I'm going to do this thing and then do it. Don't let your words fall to the ground. Don't let your statements um, be untrue. If you say you're going to do something, if you tell yourself you're going to do something, then do it. It's important, you know, my wife and I think of this often, when we tell the kids we're going to do something fun, that we follow through. 
because we don't want our kids to think that our words mean nothing. And it's important for us when we tell our kids that something bad will happen if you continue to do the, the bad action, that we will follow through. We, we want our kids to honor our words. Mom and dad, when they say something, we respect it because their word is their bond. If they say that something's going to happen, it will happen most of the time. We need to be this way with ourselves. So speak the truth, act on it. Don't lean on others. Now, it is good to lose weight as, as a group. Um, you know, you have encouragement, you have support. If you're married and, and your marriage relationship is the sort of relationship that can handle this sort of pressure, then certainly lose weight as a couple. Um, not all couples do all things together, and that's po- perfectly fine. Don't feel bad about that. I'm sure there's other things you do well together. Um, but don't lean on other people. What I mean by that is, you know, for many years I tried to lose weight and sometimes I would lean on my wife and say, I really need you to encourage me because I'm just, I don't, I'm finding myself not caring about this diet. Or, you know, please don't, don't bake that because I don't have the strength to resist it. If you bake it, I'm going to eat it. Make your word your bond. Become strong enough in yourself that you're able to tell yourself, I know that's off diet, I'm not going to eat it. I will not eat that. And how do you do that? How do you how do you become strong in yourself? It's it's one truth statement at a time. I th- I think this as I've been thinking more about this today, I've been realizing how this is a really deep principle, this speaking truth to yourself. And I think that that is a principle that Jesus was tapping into when he said that let your yes be yes and your no be no because anything other than this comes from the evil one, comes from Satan. Literally says, if you're making promises, then that comes from the devil himself, which is, you know, a very strange thing to say. Our society is kind of built on promises and pledges. How would you borrow money without making pledges? How do you get married without making pledges? How do you, you know, be a citizen of your nation without making pledges? And different Christians have different ideas of how to interpret that. But I think the bottom line here is that you speak truth. If you're saying something, whether to yourself or to your kids or in a business dealing, you speak the truth. And you people should know that when you say something, you mean it. You might not say big things often. You might not say impressive things often. But when you open your mouth to say, I will do this, it's going to get done. And people notice that. People absolutely notice that, that you are a person that when you say that something's going to happen, it's going to happen, or you're going to try your best. And you yourself will notice that as you speak truth to yourself, as you hold yourself to truth, as you make reasonable small steps towards health, and you say, I'm going to just do this today. I'm just, I'm going to stay at my calories, you know, whatever they are not losing weight maybe but you say you know i have 2500 calories i can eat in today that's what i'm going to eat i'm not going to eat more than that just that in the past i often found myself sneaking food when my wife wasn't watching especially when i said i was on a diet when she wasn't around then i would sneak some food 
And, you know, I would call that cheating. Oh, I'm cheating on my diet right now. It's too bad. I shouldn't, but, you know, uh, and I don't want her to see because then she'll remind me, which I asked her to remind me. But, you know, right now I feel like cheating. So my word is not my bond. Now I'm adding deception to this. And, um, you know, now I'm, I'm adding secrecy to this. This is, this is not the right direction to go. And this is certainly not where I've been for the last six months, last seven months now. Because when you get this right, you realize you speak truth, you're in control, and it's for you that you're losing weight. It's not for anybody else. You're not leaning on somebody else. It's not for them that you're losing weight. You're losing weight for yourself because you care about yourself and you've decided that this is the important thing that you want to do. You know, for me, it's really come down to I want to live a longer life and be healthy for, for more of it. And that, to me, is a divine call because I, I believe that I'm a teacher and I have a lot to give to the world. And I'm spending a lot of my life and a lot of my years gaining life experience and education. And I want to be able to use that in the future. And if I lose those, those crucial years at the end of my life, then the sacrifice right now doesn't, doesn't matter. So for me, or it matters less, it counts for less, is what I meant to say. So for me, that's really, really important. And that's why I'm losing the weight. That's why I have decided that this is what I'm going to do. And I've spoken the truth and I am in control. And that's why this diet, for probably the first time ever, like I've been on a lot of diets. This one I started in secret. And I went two months before I told my wife about it, told anybody about it. Because it was for me. And it was me speaking truth to myself, speaking the reality that I wanted into existence. I want this to happen. I've decided it will happen. I am in control. And this is what's going to happen. And I wasn't leaning on anybody else. I was speaking it. I was making it happen myself. This is not normally how it works. Usually, you know, we speak something loud, tell everybody in the world that we're on a diet. And then we lean on other people. And then we secretly eat, you know, cheat on our diet, cheat on everybody else, on our support network when they're not watching. And I think that's what my, my friend was doing for me when he was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't eat that, don't eat that. He was trying to be that support network for me. And it was all in fun and games and it was a joke. And behind that was probably a genuine concern for my health, which is appreciated. But I felt like, well, that's not necessary. Like, I don't need that. I'm in control. I'm speaking truth. And this comes from very deep inside me. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't need help. Thank you, but I don't need it. Don't ever blame anyone else for your weight. That is so crucial. Uh, I talked about this in the previous podcast. I'm coming back to it because it's just so important. If you're blaming somebody else, and somebody else might have something to, you know, some role to play. There, there might be some guilt to be assigned. But if you're blaming somebody else then you're not in control. And so you might need to recognize, look, it's, it's harder to lose weight when you have a sedentary job. It's harder to lose weight when you have stress. It's harder to lose weight when you're on a budget. Yes, all these things make it harder. But guess what? I believe in you. Like, I, I say this sincerely. I think you can do it. I think that you're capable of more than you think you're capable of. 
I think that you can become a hero, the hero of your own story, and make this happen. So, the Odyssey continues. I'm uh, tucking uh, one of the kids in here and uh, waiting endlessly for him to fall asleep. And hopefully he falls asleep to the melodious sound of my voice. Sorry about the noise in the background. I've got a noise machine that's supposed to drown out other noises and help him go to sleep. I'm a very big fan of white noise machines, by the way. Uh, discovered them late in our child-raising career, and they are awesome. So, other things I want to say about being in control. Foods, you, you got to really watch food, hey? Like, we think that... <laughs> We think that we only think with our brains. Like there's this little robot or computer in our brain and that's what thinks. But all of you thinks. And uh, there's more and more research about how... Well, the ancient Jews used to say your heart. Or, or it's often translated as your heart in scriptures. But really what they meant is your gut. And we're slowly getting around to like uh, love the Lord with all your gut. With all your mind and all your strength that's how that famous passage would be translated to the Hebrew mindset and we're slowly getting around to this that that you know our guts think in a in a sense like you can have a gut feeling about somebody uh, often like an uneasiness or a certain sense of disgust or perhaps even desire for a person and when it comes to food obviously our body thinks our body speaks to us and our body goes into autopilot sometimes and in the previous podcast I talked about how the food giants have worked this out to a fine science of you know basically brainwashing your body to I mean not brainwashing because there's not a brain there but like all those automatic ways that your body will eat there's ways that, that those have been short-circuited and hot-wired by certain foods and so never, ever, ever, ever eat on autopilot. Be extremely careful of foods that are that are munchy food. Like, you know what munchy food is. You know that these are overprocessed, extremely salty, very fatty, very sugary foods. Salt, sugar, and fat will make you eat like crazy. So if you're... Um, watching a movie so your brain is not there you're the part of you that that can think things through and say i've already had my calories i don't need this going to bed soon i'm not burning any more calories that part of you is zoned out watching netflix so the only thing in control of you eating is your hand that basically has free reign because your brain is gone and it's just you know your stomach speaking your your hand speaking and your your taste buds speaking like, it's not rocket science. You're going to overeat. So don't ever do that. Avoid um, avoid those moments when you are abdicating control. Avoid those moments where you're, when you're abdicating control. When you're... I mean, it's good to zone out. But bring into that situation a snack that you can eat um, without blowing your diet. I mean, you can... You can eat cauliflower with a really nice ranch dressing. That's not going to get, that's, you're not, it tastes good. You're not going to get overweight with that cauliflower and a nice ranch dressing. Go for it. 
or you know there's many options like that just be very careful when you're giving somebody control you're giving some you know food company or some drink company control over you because your brain is gone and you're eating something very salty sugary and fatty be be careful in general about salt and sugar because they just make you eat too much and once you start with salt for example um, I really like almonds we have these nice salty almonds but I know if I eat these salty almonds they're gonna make me hungrier they're gonna make me thirsty uh, I'm not going to be satisfied with just a few salty almonds it's not it's not the end of the world to have, too much, to have more salty things but it is going to make you eat more so if you're having a hard time with your diet then just avoid salt that's gonna be one trick that'll help you and sugar I've talked a lot about this this is really the enemy is that sugar you know gets you in this cycle of your sugar spikes you have too much um, insulin released then your sugar crashes due to all the extra insulin uh, that's amplified if you have a large stomach or too much body fat and then you're starving hungry and you have a headache and you're low blood for low blood sugar and you're grumpy and cranky and all these things it's it's because of the sugar you know, and if you avoid the sugar in the first place, you're not going to have these consequences. You know, people sometimes all turn down sugar, you know, cake or whatever. And they'll be like, you have so much self-control. And I'm just like, I'm just not, I'm not into the misery that this is going to cause me. You know, I'm, it, yeah, it tastes good, but then I'm going to, you know, have all that headache and, and thirst and and craziness going on and, and actually a lot of that as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast I can handle that a lot more now because um, my body is able to metabolize it and, and produce the insulin and not produce too much and stuff but during the diet it was just like yeah I just I don't want two days of misery trying to get the weight back off um, where was I going with this be in control is where I want to go with that and we we as a society have learned to release control and call that entertainment and be careful with that um, be careful with that I, I wanted to say I, I guess I'm kind of repeating myself at this point but I had this kind of epiphany one day as I was eating bread and I hadn't eaten bread for a while and no bread is just good it just it's really good and I knew I shouldn't have too much and and yet I went reaching for another piece and another piece and it was interesting because um, I felt like I should and it was another one of those moments where I kind of stepped back from myself and psychoanalyzed what was going on in my mind or in my body, or something. You know how sometimes you, you're you about to do something, and there's this thought in your mind, this is a good thing. You know, you you go to, to reach down to help your child draw a picture, you know. You, you turn away from your digital life, and you turn away from your work life, and you turn away from all that stuff, and you reach down to, to help your child. And somewhere in you, in you, there's this thought, this is a good thing. 
or you know you you finally clean your office and and you you go to clean something and and there's this thought in you this is a good thing and maybe these aren't even powerful enough examples I'm, I'm struggling to know what it could be that would just be this one gesture this one moment and you're having this thought in your mind this is a good thing i'm doing this is the thought that i had as i was eating that bread i felt like somewhere in me there's this voice saying this is a good thing you're doing you know like it was like morally virtuous for me and i thought to myself carbs speak <laughs> they have a voice you know there's just something so life-giving you know bread has brought life to our ancestors for so long and you know if you can imagine what it must have been like to eke an existence out of the hard clay and rocky soil of our ancestors and then you get this this bread you know it's not berries it's not you know leaves it's not mushrooms it's bread it's all energy it's all good it's all gonna get you through the winter you know and uh, anyways I, I might just be going crazy I don't know but uh, it seems to me that bread has a special carbs have a special way of speaking to us and saying eat me and um, we need to sometimes overwhelm that by saying this is not true this is not the truth I'm going to speak when you have a little argument and say that's not what I want to um, this is not what I decide I decide not to eat you. Um, a little self-control trick I noticed is that when you're playing with weight loss, you always take one more. But when you're really serious, you put one back. If you're just playing around with it, you're going to take one more. But if you're serious, you're going to put one back. And, um, yeah, I mean, whatever it is, whether it's chips or whether it's... Um, you know, bread or something that, that is not, or even something legitimate where it's a good food, but you just know that you're full, put one back, you know, stop before the limit. This is what normal healthy people often do is there's a little bit left on their plate. They don't have to clean the whole plate. That might depend a little bit on how they were raised, but you don't have to finish the last little bit. And at a crucial time in my diet, you know, it all, yeah, at a crucial time, it was Christmas, we had gingerbread houses, they were really good, you know, and they were just sitting on the counter, and I was just kind of walking around the kitchen, snap, grab a piece, make another lap, grab a piece, make another lap, grab a piece. I was supposed to be on a diet, but I was crashing hard, you know. And, you know, those carbs were speaking to me, that sugar was speaking to me. At a certain point, I had to intentionally, you know, my brain was in control and I walked over to the gingerbread house and I took a piece that had lots of nice white icing on it and I picked it up and I looked at it and I said, I am not going to eat you and I put it back down. And then I did another lap because I was kind of not in control of myself, um, if you know what I mean. But I did the same thing and I picked it up and I said, I am not going to eat you and I put you and I put it back. I didn't say it out loud but you could um, 
And I must have done that three or four times. It's, it's been a couple months now since then. But that's when I stopped, is when I put one back. When I was saying, all right, I'm done, I'm done, but I'm going to take one more. I'm done, but man, I'm going to just a little bit more. You know, I, again, that's not speaking truth. That's making yourself a liar. That's uh, letting your words fall to the ground. Say something. Say, I will not eat this chip. And then don't eat it. It's a small truth. It's a small action, but they correspond. And what you're doing is you're convincing yourself that you are a strong and in-control person that is able to make decisions and that your words matter. And do you have any idea how important it is to become a truthful person who is in control of their private life, whose words matter? Like you can change the world if you're in control of your private life and your words matter. This is, this is life-changing stuff. Just as Jesus said, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And once you have established that rhythm of truth within yourself and that sense of control then that truth is going to spill out into your public life. You know, somebody will ask you, would you like a little bit more? Say, no, thank you. You don't say, no, thank you, I'm on a diet. Or, oh, I'd love to, but I'm not going to. Maybe I'll just have a little taste. No, it's just, no, thank you. I'm done. And if they try and convince you, just politely say, no, thank you. I mean, sometimes the relationship is more important than your diet and you need to weigh that carefully because people are important, relationships are important. I don't want anybody to... Uh, I don't want to encourage you to be socially um, abrasive because people are really important and relationships are very important. But normal people say no to unhealthy food all the time and it's not offensive. They might get teased for it but it's not offensive to say... You know, I, I don't think I really want any dessert, thank you. Let's just save it for the kids or or just simply no thank you. When you speak truth to yourself, you're going to start speaking truth to other people and they're going to pick up on that. Oh, he said no, okay. And they, and they just move on. There's no no but, there's no... Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, so got... Uh, Got my son his water. Um, yeah, there's there's no big drama. You're just saying no, uh, and your your yes is yes, your no is no, and this is just you're speaking truth and you're in control. So the this could be its all its own podcast here, but just briefly, is this healthy? And um, when you say that you're on a diet, you might say, when people find out that I lost 50 pounds in six months, you know, they're often wondering, was it healthy the way that you did it? Um, And, you know, in some senses, the answer is usually no, that when you're losing a lot of weight, that's a stress on the body. And that's why I talked in the first podcast about, you know, talk to a doctor, talk to a dietitian, make sure you're doing cleanses, do things right as best as you can, but do know that you're putting a stress on your body. And 
don't enter into it lightly. I think that the reason people get so nervous about people going on diets, which, you know, is strange. Like, why would people be nervous about, people going, about you going on a diet? But people often are. And I think the reason is, is because people go on so many crash diets and they go on so many strange diets where now they're cutting out this and now they're cutting out that and, and their body is, whoa, 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 flip-flopping back and forth and gaining weight and losing weight. Like, I'm no, I'm no expert, but it seems like that's that's got to be hard on something. Likely on your liver, which is kind of the, the foundation of your health, is your liver. And you don't want to endanger that in your kidneys. So, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're serious about this, then lose the weight. If you're healthy, your body's going to be able to take it. But don't do this yo-yo thing. This is this is not good for your body. Um, if you're not ready to build the tower, then don't say you're going to. To uh, use a parable from Jesus, you know, count the cost beforehand, and enter into it slowly. Enter into it reasonably. Enter into it consistently, and, and take one step at a time, one small step at a time. This fear of, um, this knowledge that I could gain it all back. I could slip into my old habits. I could gain it all back. This is a genuine fear that I have. And it's a fear that I nourish. You know, there's some fears that are worth holding on to. Not a phobia, not out of control fear. But it's a fear of a reality that could happen. You know, there's a fear of a reality. There's many fears of realities that could happen that keep me in line. You know, I could, I don't know. I could lose my job if I don't go to work or whatever. And, you know, I know that I could regain it. So I I hold on to that. And, um, and I think that's part, that fear. We started talking, started by talking about anger here. And I think we're going to kind of close by talking about fear. That fear is part of what, I feel keeps me at a level place right now and not goes back to my old habits because I think it would be extremely unsafe and unhealthy for me, for example, to lose 50 pounds in half a year and then to gain that back in the other half of the year and lose it again, which, you know, is conceivable. People do things like that. I could see it's it's a possibility. What a terrible thing to do to your body, again, to your kidneys and your liver and and who knows what else? I'm not an expert. Um, so the question, is it healthy? Yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, it's certainly healthier to be at a lower weight, although how you got there is important. Talk to doctors, talk to professionals. And once you lose it, keep it off, because this is really serious business. Uh, you're probably better off to be a little bit overweight but stable then go up and down, up and down, and to ask so much of your liver and kidneys. And again, this this idea of being in control. I've heard, I've, I've never struggled, as far as I know, with anorexia. Um, certainly haven't struggled with, a, with bulimia. But I know people have genuine eating disorders, and um, part of that is from control, as far as I understand, uh, that many things in their life are out of control and so there's one thing they can control is their weight and um, 
and they over control it to the point where they don't eat enough or they go to the bathroom and throw it all up. And these are very serious health conditions because again, eating is life, not eating is the opposite of life. Uh, and so you can end up with malnutrition and, and all sorts of terrible things. So obviously, well not obviously, clearly, we need to be careful about going too far in this direction. And that's why I've said at the beginning, and I say again and again and again, find out what is healthy for you. There's a certain number for your height and for your gender and for your age, the certain number of calories that you should be eating. So that's what you aim at. You don't aim at being a skinny rail. You aim at eat the right calories for your height and, and gender and age. And you aim at get all the nutrients that you can within those calories. So if it's for you something like 1500 calories, well, you know, eating an ice cream sundae is going to be a third of your calories for the day. Why would you do that? There's no nutritional value in that. Um, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. And the fact that you can go too far with something doesn't mean that thing is wrong. I mean, just about anything in life, you can go too far with it. It can become an idol in Christian terms, or it can become an obsession. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong to be in control of something. And I take great comfort in knowing I'm actually in control for the first time in my life, really. I'm in control. And that really is nice. That really makes gives me a lot of confidence, really gives me this sense of I'm a strong and powerful and dangerous person that speaks truth and I'm in control. And who knows what else I can do. I'm in control of myself. And that means I can move mountains around me. Could that go too far? Could it become an obsession? Could I, you know, be tempted to lose weight to something that is unhealthy for me but looks very good? Of course, of course. But and and let's not trivialize that. Many people suffer very, uh, very dramatically from from those sorts of disorders. But also, people suffer from overeating disorders, and so we need to somehow walk this line between. And the line between, fortunately, we have great apps, we have great technicians, we have great health professionals that can help us, you know, know what, how many calories we need to be eating, know what sort of lifestyle we need to be having, and help keep track of all that stuff for us. So I hope all that has been helpful to you. Um, I really, really hope that other people can uh, take this sort of a challenge and can uh, be inspired by my journey to also either lose weight or accomplish whatever it is in life that they've always wanted to accomplish. Um, speak truth to yourself. Take one step at a time. Say, I'm going to take this step and then take it. Make it reasonable. Make it count. And move one, one foot in front of the other until you get to the top of that mountain. And um, I just hope that... Uh, that you accomplish the things that, that God has created you to do. So if you want to help support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash Josiah Meyer. If you want, want more resources, you can go to josiahmeyer.com for my YouTube, blog, podcast, and and that's it. Those are the three things. YouTube, podcast, and blog. Wow, it's getting late. Have a good day, everybody.